This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friends. It's Nate Clayberg, and in this episode, we're going to talk to a former college Division I basketball player turned IT recruiter, uh, a world that uh, in sports I grew up thinking that was the aspiration, and then find a world that uh, you don't didn't know existed. I'm going to bring in uh, Adam Veet as uh, uh, Adam uh, joins uh, uh, joins us on this podcast to talk about his career adventure. And again, this show we introduce you to jobs, careers, and work that many people don't really know about and how people got into that role. Adam, great to have you on another podcast, and hopefully this one sustains longer than my previous ones did. Hey, you know, it's hard to keep those going with timing and everything, families, but uh, yeah, I am for sure happy to be here um, and happy to uh, happy to chat a little bit about the recruiting world. So as we uh, as we go through this little background, uh, Adam and I uh, connected at the University of Northern Iowa and I was working in athletics and and he was on the floor uh, shooting threes a little closer than the kids shoot them now uh, as, as you look at it. But uh, uh, from college athletics, uh, I'm going to go all the way back here, Adam, as you grew up in a small town uh, in northeast Iowa basketball was your love was your passion and you thought that was going to be your life i'm sure yeah you're you're exactly right nate and uh you know with uh with a with a small town you know farming community um you know i i guess going way way back i i grew up in town um parents were not farmers so you know that was kind of one of the careers that was that I was the most accustomed to was a farmer, um, being from a small town, but you're exactly right about the sports and athletics that, you know, from an early age, um, I fell in love with basketball, my dad being a high school coach, um, always in the gym and stuff like that. And, you know, all the way through high school, it was always basketball. It was always sports and, you know, not really making a decision on, Hey, what if these sports athletics don't work out? Uh, what am I going to do there until, you know, as you kind of mentioned, I had to in college and we've, we've, you know, touched on that you and myself in, um, in multiple, uh, uh, very multiple times that, you know, that, that decision just wasn't, uh, pressed, pressed upon me really. Yeah. You know, and you go on and, and you play at the college level. And I think you talk through it. It's like, I, I think you went in and unfortunately I think many, not just athletes, but I think any, many college students, you'll, you'll just say, I'll figure it out when I get there. And it wasn't until you were forced to make a decision that you decided something um, that you maybe didn't quite fully know about and what path you should go from. Is that right? Yeah, you're exactly right, Nate. Um, at the end of our sophomore year at UNI, they, um, they actually require you to uh, choose a major. And honestly, at that point, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, you know, the, the, it started to creep in a little bit that I may not be a professional basketball player at that point. Um, and so, you know, really just had probably two or three months to decide where I wanted to go. Um, and being involved in athletics my entire life, um, I chose exercise science, um, and sports psychology as my major. Now, going through classes with that, that stuff really interests me. You know, I was involved in it, um, really enjoyed those classes. However, you know, the next couple of years came. I'm a senior. I graduate. Um, and up, into, up to that point in my life, I really had not researched what I could do, um, you know, with those majors. Uh, there were essentially really two ways that I could go with that. One would be the personal training route. 
the other would be a researcher slash maybe um, a professor or teacher in the uh, exercise science or sports psychology realm. And I decided to go the personal training route. And, um, you know, with that career, it takes a lot to get into that. Um, it takes a lot of uh, your time. You know, I was getting to the gym sometimes at 3.30 to train people at 4 o'clock um, and leaving sometimes at 9 or 9.45, uh, you know, just after the last couple of clients. And when I did that, uh, it was 100% commission. And so, you know, I, I had a day job type of a, of, a, of a role as well that would actually, you know, had money that was coming in for sure. And so, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right that, you know, I, I didn't really know, didn't really research uh, what I could be doing within those, um, you know, with, within those realms, the exercise science, sports psychology uh, here before I chose why, that because I only had a couple like, months. Uh, yeah. Why, you know, looking back, you know, after you make that selection, um, I'm guessing it just wasn't a priority of thinking what's after college, you know, it was more just playing the game, right? Was it, was that more of the focus, get, get your good grades, get uh, the classes in, get uh, your practices and games and all that. And I really think about what's next. Is that hard or was that hard? Yeah. I mean, it was, you're exactly right that, you know, the, the talk of a career was never really there, whether that be from school, whether that be from friends, family, um, and, and if it was talked about, it was always basketball. Hey, Adam, what are you going to do next? Oh, I'm going to play basketball. You and I, Hey, Adam, what are you going to do next? Oh, I'm going to be a junior. You and I, I'm playing basketball. Um, you know, it was never really talked about and never really kind of mentioned, you know, Hey, maybe you should decide what you're going to do after basketball. Yeah. I think that can be a hard question for, for, I, I had one yesterday, a kid that's going to play uh, football at a, at a D2 school around here. And, and that's what he said. He's going to, he's going to this school to play football. And I said, well, what else after that? And he just kind of looked at me and you could kind of tell in his mind that the story he had been telling people that was sufficient for many, but it wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to, and it wasn't that I was trying to, to hurt him, but I was like, I, I was more concerned about, I want to figure out uh, life beyond sports, what that is. Right. Um, and you, you probably see that you're still have your hands in, in that sports world it's easy to talk about sports, but not always so easy to talk about life beyond sports. Yeah. And that's the thing too, you know, it's whether it be in, in your mind, in, in the athlete's mind that, Hey, I don't, you know, I don't want to look beyond that because I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want it to be over. Um, or, or the people around me, you know, as you said, you know, the answer of, Hey, I'm going to play basketball here. Hey, I'm going to play football here. Whatever it is, is, is accepted. Um, and it's never a, okay, but what's after that? Unless you're talking to Nate Claver, obviously, but, um, <laughs> what, you know, it's, 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 it's never what's, what's after that. And I can't remember, um, you know, they have the commercials about stats, you know, whatever it is, 88% of college athletes don't, don't play after college. Um, and that, and that's a crazy statistic. If you think about it out of all the college athletes in America, 88% don't play professional athletics. Um, and I would venture to guess that a lot of those aren't really thinking about after college either. So you move on after graduation and you had to figure out that job. Uh, uh, opportunities in basketball uh, must not have presented themselves. You had to figure out what to go next. Talk about that. Yep. Yep, exactly. So um, I graduated, uh, you know, the, I guess, final buzzer sounded in my senior year and, you know, honestly really didn't have anything that uh, I had in mind that I wanted. Um, and I'll be, uh, you know, insurance jobs, insurance you know, sales were, are still probably very uh, 
a lot of them are out there. So that was the easiest route for me. You know, I was doing the personal training thing and I just needed something that, Hey, I, I, I need a paycheck coming in. Um, and so I got a, uh, I guess a training type of a gig. So like a younger insurance salesman around here in Ankeny. And, you know, I did that for 18 months or so. Um, and the training program got over and, you know, I, I just did at that time again, didn't really know what I was going to do. So started applying to jobs, had my insurance licenses, which was, you know, which is kind of a big deal in the insurance world. Um, if you, if you want to get something else in the insurance world, because you don't have to, the company doesn't have to pay for those. Um, and so got another insurance job, you know, more within a call center type of a gig. Um, and, you know, to be completely honest, didn't really like that. Um, you know, kind of chained your desk on a phone and stuff like that. And that just, that just wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. Um, so yeah, you know, even after my first job, even after I was still doing the personal training thing, I really didn't know what I wanted next. Um, and just kind of slid into one because of, you know, what I had done previously. Yeah. That, you know, that's an example. And I talk about it, uh, on this and the course I do and with, with, uh, other students and people like that. Yeah. There's a job you think you're going to get into. Then there's a job you actually end up in. And then you're like, I got to find something that you can find some passion in. Right. And, and looking for what that's next, but I've got a guess in insurance, you probably had good training. You probably worked uh, at a solid company. Uh, you were probably, you know, financially, you're probably doing all right. Uh, the world needed that, but you just didn't like it. And, uh, you know, what happens next as you're trying to, to figure out where does Adam Veet go after insurance or do you stay in insurance? Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing, you know, you, you, you kind of slide into a job like I did and then you really don't like it. And then you're, you know, every day you're going to work and just, you know, honestly, honestly kind of dreading it. Um, and that's, that's honest, that, that is, that is never fun. Um, you know, I can, I can speak from experience. I'm sure plenty of people do that, but, uh, you know, not, not the way you want to, not the way you want to spend, I mean, five out of seven days a week, um, years and years of that. So, um, you know, with that being said, you know, I started just to, just to look around at other things. And at that point in my life, didn't really know how to do that. Um, you know, I would, I would put my resume out on job boards and search for jobs on job boards. Um, didn't know how to network, had never had to, honestly, now that I go back to that, I was networking, but I didn't know how to utilize that network, um, as much as I could. So had my resume out there, um, a manager, uh, at my first recruiting gig, as we talked about before, um, he, he just by chance found it online. Um, and I got very lucky with that, honestly. Well, and you look at that, you didn't know, <clears throat> you know, about recruiting basketball, you know, somebody recruiting you to play, right. Or other people, but did you even think about how having a job of recruiting people to come work at a company? <laughs> Never crossed my mind one time. And, you know, it's, it's like I, I say this all the time, I got very, very lucky because, you know, recruiting, um, it actually brings together a lot of things that I really enjoy doing, you know, meeting new people. I enjoy talking to people. Um, I enjoy the flexibility. And at that time, you know, I, it, there is a, um, a aspect of hustle in the recruiting, in the recruiting world. And, you know, I, I really enjoy doing that too. So like I said, got very lucky, um, and interviewed a couple times and they really liked me with, with no experience, um, and got the job. What do you feel like when they were talking to you or interviewing you, uh, what stood out to them that they were drawn to you and wanted to offer you a job? 
Yeah, you know, I, I will say that I think that the fact that I played college athletics really, um, really, I mean, it stood out to them. You know, I, I say this all the time that, you know, hey, I, I spent the majority of my life working out and practicing for two or three hours a day. Um, and you want to want me to sit at a desk and, uh, you know, to type on a computer or talk on the phone, you know, that's easy. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about that. So I think that's one aspect of it. You know, I think the fact that, um, you know, I <clears throat> had had some type of network around Des Moines um, and had some, I guess, knowledge of, of the technical world as well, were a couple other things that that they really saw in me. So you move into into recruiting and talk about, you know, for those that are listening in and, and you're probably familiar with recruiting, especially nowadays, and maybe if people have heard the term headhunter or there, there's yep. probably all sorts of slang terms for people that are, that are trying to uh, find people to put in jobs. But what is that work? You know, as you got into it, trying to discover more about it and, and what you evolved into today and being uh, more in a leadership position in that industry. What is that? What is that work? Yeah, um, it, it is a lot of desk work. You know, you're you're searching for resumes um, of candidates who are open to new jobs. Um, and you also, you know, you're trying to build your network, as I mentioned, you know, the networking aspect of of, a, of finding a new job is so huge. Um, and so as a recruiter, you want to be in those networks. Uh, you want to be very networked and you want to be that person that that candidate, when he or she is looking for a new job, you want to be that person that he or she is thinking about, you know, Hey, I need to call Adam. Um, he, you know, has, has the best job. He treat, treat, treats me the best. Um, he's been there and, you know, is that consultant, that job consultant when I, when I have needed it. And even when, when, you know, I might not be looking for a job, he's always there to talk and stuff like that too. So you know, uh, within those networks, being in those networks, being able to utilize those networks is a big part of that job. So what, you know, when you look at the skill sets and, and this is a question I ask is, you know, looking at the skill sets, um, that are needed to be a recruiter, but also maybe some of the skill sets you're needing or seeing from employers that mm -hmm. they're trying to match up with, uh, prospects or potential people, what are those skill sets? And, and I'm sure it's not necessarily the technical ones uh, mm -hmm. that they're focused on, but, but talk about what you're seeing nowadays. Yeah, I can, I can speak for, you know, a recruiter and, and other on the other side, on the candidate side too, that a lot of managers, a lot of companies these days are looking, are, are looking for somebody that can, can be more collaborative, can hold, can hold a conversation and, you know, really being that person that can drive things ahead you know, not, not just being a follower or, you know, sitting in the background and saying, okay, you tell me what to do. Um, I'll go do it. I'll come back to you. Tell me what to do again. I'll go do that. Um, you know, really that, that intuition and that drive to get things done, um, on your own without having to hold your hand because, you know, we're all busy these days. Um, and especially with the candidate market and, uh, you know, the, with a lot of jobs out there, a lot of companies hiring, uh, with not the amount of candidates out there that is needed, uh, you know, when you think about that from a hiring manager's perspective, you know, they are, they're, they're, are, are running very lean. Um, their teams aren't probably expanded as much as they need to. So they're busy and their teams are busy. So hiring somebody who doesn't need to have their hand held, um, all the time and, and really understands the business to be able to do that. How hard is that to find that? Is that, it's probably harder to find maybe than, than it should be. Yeah, you know, it's as a recruiter, uh, it's very hard to screen for that. Um, 
I can say that as a recruiter, and this is advice to recruiters and maybe even advice to some candidates too, that, you know, Hey, ask these candidates questions about, Hey, what types of projects have you worked on? Um, What was your role on those projects? And then as a candidate, you know, have those examples prepared and say, you know, Hey, this is what I've done. Um, This is what I did, not what the team did. Um, There is some aspects of every role that, you know, you're part of a team. Um, and that's good too, to have those examples. However, nowadays in this market, you know, have that, have those examples ready that, Hey, here's what I did. Here's how I drove this project forward. Here's how I helped my team, my company. Um, and I guess that's the best way to answer any question that a recruiter can ask you. Yeah. When you look at, uh, you know, I guess we're in this great resignation or great reset that they're calling this coming out of the pandemic or where we're at with, uh, people discovering they don't have to actually live in the city where they uh, are employed or the company that's there. Uh, how has that changed your world? A lot. Um, you know, I work 100% remote, um, which has been great. However, you know, these companies that are that are 100% remote can really have some of the best um, talent, not only in America, but all over the world. Um, and I really do my, how I feel about that is that I think that with these candidates that are hundred percent remote and continue to be hundred percent remote, they're going to, they're going to move past some of these candidates or, or sorry, some of these companies, some bigger companies that maybe are doing a hybrid model that maybe are doing, you know, Hey, we're going hundred percent back to the office primarily because they can get the talent from anywhere. Yeah, and, and you look at uh, how that changes things, and and are you seeing this? Um, I guess in the in the people you're talking about, you think remote, it's just somebody twenties, maybe thirties, but it, have you seen that older generation? And maybe I'm talking about me and older uh, <laughs> that are that are opening their minds to something like that. Uh, to, to experience in that thinking, well, this is how it's been, how we've been hired. I've got to go to an office locally, but now I can go in my office or go to a co-working spot or whatever to do that work. Yes, I have seen that. I've seen it with all age groups that, you know, and obviously there are some age groups, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the older age group that has a harder time with that, um, you know, harder time, you know, Hey, I don't, don't necessarily have an office in my house or I don't have, you know, um, a laptop with another monitor kind of set up. But um, as companies start to make that easier, you know, Hey, we give you a laptop, we give you a a desk, we give you another monitor. um, And so we set you up as companies make that easier. um, It's just going to expand that and other age groups as well. will start to, um, we'll start to realize, you know, what, what are some of the positives that come with this? Um, And also some negatives too. Um, however, you know, I, I think that, you know, the fact that you get to get to work from home, get to get stuff done around the house, you know, kind of, you know, really make your own schedule most of the times um, is a big, is a big positive for some of those older age groups. Well, in your world, you come across jobs that you probably had no idea what they are, and maybe you see it on a weekly basis. Talk about some of those jobs as you got involved, you know, over the last five years in the world of recruiting and where you're at now that you have a job that comes across your desk that needs placed. You're like, I don't even know what this is. Talk about some of those that you've seen and, and the challenge it is to fill or, there, or maybe, uh, maybe it isn't a challenge to fill. Talk through that. Yeah, for sure. And in the world of technology, I mean, it, it happens all the time. 
be honest. I've been recruiting for almost 11 years now. Um, and the tech world is always changing. And so, you know, it, it might not be a specific job that comes across my desk and I, and I ask myself, what the heck is this? But, you know, a certain, um, um, software or tool that is used in the tech world, um, aversion. So, you know, I'm constantly, constantly, uh, uh, increasing my knowledge and, you know, learning about things on Google, whatever it is, YouTube. Um, and so, uh, a lot around that, and it is hard, you know, sometimes that, you know, there is, um, a disconnect sometimes between the technology and sometimes even the hiring managers where I've had it happen multiple times where a hiring manager is asking for three or four years of experience with, whatever tool it is software and that tool or software has only been out for one or two years. Um, and so it's, it's one of those deals that, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's me educating the hiring manager and, or the candidate on, you know, Hey, here's, here's kind of what, what we're looking for. Um, what do you, why, why, why do you need this much experience on there too? So it's, it is very, um, it humbles you quite a bit in the tech world when you, you know, it's like, just when you think, you know, something, you don't know anything. Um, and so it's a, it's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. And I suppose there's jobs that you used to recruit for five, 10 years ago. You're not even looking at it anymore because it just doesn't exist. And there's jobs coming up that, uh, haven't even been talked about or created yet, but, uh, it does sound like you get hiring managers that are looking for that unicorn, right? That's uh, that perfect candidate. Uh, what what advice do you have to somebody who pulls up a job description, whether it's in IT or something, and they sit there and go, I don't have that experience. I don't have, uh, you know, maybe that training that it says a degree or whatever. Is it still possible to go after a job, even though it on there says you have to have this? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, you never want to be, you never want to be the candidate. Um who is applying to every job, even though it's, you know, completely out of the realm of what you could ever do or what you have ever done. Um, however, my advice usually to candidates is that if you're a between 70 to 80% of a fit or a match to that job description, I would go after that job. And, uh, you know, honestly, really cater your resume to that job description as much as you can. You know, I, I always think I have, I always think I have to preface that by saying, you know, Hey, I don't want you putting anything on your resume that you've never done before. However, there are ways that you can kind of, you know, exude, you know, maybe not exactly what they're asking for, but something related, um, you know, whether that be something that says, you know, Hey, you have to, you, um, have to hold trainings or hold meetings with stakeholders. Um, okay. I've never done that. However, I was a tutor to a small group of you know, students or a, a graduate assistant or graduate teacher in college that I had to present. And so, you know, that's not exactly what they're asking for, but you know, essentially the same thing, um, on a, on a small, smaller scale, maybe. Well, it looks like, you know, you found the work you're wired to do in that world of recruiting and, uh, but you look at, there's still some passion areas when you go back to your world of, of sports that you still get to dabble in uh, on the side when it comes to either coaching your kids or connecting uh, people with, with people that are in the world of basketball. And also you've got a regular podcast you're on as well that you host uh, with, uh, with a friend of yours talking basketball. Talk about how you've continued that passion uh, of basketball uh, beyond your world of, of day work, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, I do like to stay busy. Um, I coach, I, I coach my son, I coach soccer, I coach baseball, um, do a couple of basketball camps. 
um, once a quarter, typically. And I do have a podcast uh, called The Shooter's Touch that uh, me and a buddy a little over three years ago now um, got together. And, you know, we whenever we got together, we just talked hoops. And, you know, uh, creating a podcast now is relatively simple. You know, you can just fire up an app and start recording. And so that's what we did. It's grown a lot. It's just a lot of fun being connected to the game of basketball here in Iowa. And then, yeah, I own a company that uh, connects essentially athletic uh, personal trainers to individuals, athletes, maybe even athletes, parents to have them connect, like I said, uh, with workouts. And so I connect those athletes to those trainers, um, you know, vice versa as well. So, you know, as I said, like to stay busy, especially in the sporting world. And, uh, you know, I think I'm, uh, I guess I'm doing an okay job of that, I suppose. Well, one question, uh, final question I, I get in is, you know, the world that you've been through of experience in, in athletics to personal training, to insurance, to, to recruiting. If you had to decide right now and move forward and someone gave the opportunity says, Adam, now I'm going to give you your dream job. What is that? Wow. What a question. Honestly, you know, I, I have always had kind of an, an idea, entrepreneurial, maybe spirit, you might say. So I would say to own my own company, own my own successful company, that, uh, you know, has not, not large, large company, but maybe a medium sized company where I have some employees and that company is actually based in athletics, uh, helping, helping younger athletes, trying to improve, um, or get to where they want to in a specific sport in that realm. So, uh, that is what I would say would be my dream job. You know, I, every time I, I feel a little small, cause if somebody asked me that I'd probably say I'd be driving a, a, a bus around Disney world. Uh, or a boat. Uh, I've got to step up my game a little bit more as, as the, the people I've had on this podcast uh, are going big and beyond with that. Maybe it's just a fun job that I'm after. But uh, Adam, it's uh, great to reconnect. Uh, if somebody wanted to flash back and find a podcast called Jersey to Job, that would be the first one that I think that Adam and I first got our taste in podcasts and went from there. Uh, but Adam, it's it's always great to connect and, and the help you've given to to me and our, our CAPS program in the Cedar Valley area and what you're doing for, for people is great. Well, I appreciate that, Nate. It's been fun. Um, yeah. And that uh, very first podcast, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, you look at a setup we have now, that first podcast, I had my, I had my phone in front of me sitting in my basement on the floor and just talking into my phone. So we've come a long ways. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Veet. We'll put some links uh, in the show notes. Hey, connect with him and, and the world he's in as far as on social media and also uh, his uh, his training program, and also the podcast that he has. Adam, thanks again. Thanks, Nate. Thank you again for being on this journey. Please subscribe and share this podcast. That's a job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast presented by Career Adventure Academy. Discover the work you're wired to do and check out the College and Career Discovery course available at nateclayberg.com. Go and live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.